0: As a ruckus maker listening to the BLBS podcast, you probably already know this, but reminders are useful. Zig Ziglar said, repetition is the mother of learning. So just a reminder, education is service. Education is built on relationships. Again, you probably already know that. And you also are probably intentionally designing experiences where you are serving at a high level and building relationships with all stakeholders. I'm talking students, students. I'm talking your staff, I'm talking the uh, community, and specifically the parents. You do a great job of that. But there's only so many hours of the day, right? Uh, I remember as a principal down in Houston, we had a very effective and powerful PTA organization. And one of the best things they did was host their regular PTA meetings, And believe it or not, right, we actually had incredible attendance and engagement. And I would suggest that one of the reasons why is they brought in guest speakers talking about topics that parents really cared about. Okay. All the things that keep parents up at night, the worries, the troubles. Like, what will, what will I do to protect my kid from this, you know, dark and scary thing? And so they would flock to these speakers and we would serve them and they would, they would feel it, right? And, and they loved it. Now, I hope you have a great PTA organization. And if you do, that's awesome. If you don't, okay, what can we do to, to bolster that? Now, even if you have that effective organization or you don't, what if you had a tool, that could meet parents exactly where they are and speak to the needs that they had, and you didn't have to really lift a finger to make that happen. But it was out there serving and building relationships on your behalf. So today we're gonna we're gonna dig into some pretty cool topics. You know, focus on relationship building, focus on uh, empathy, focus on creating engaging experiences uh, for your students, and we're also gonna talk about a pretty cool opportunity. And I want want you to check it out as well. Again, you'll hear it at the end of the episode. But my friends, Dr. G and Travis Allison have put together this private podcast model for some select schools. They're looking for the right kind of ruckus maker to take relationships with their parents to the next level. And so if you go to this website, privatepodcasts.pro slash schools, and that's podcast plural and schools plural. So private podcasts with an S, dot pro slash schools within us you can get there and see what they're all about but we're going to talk about it on the episode as well hey it's danny and welcome to the better leaders better schools podcast a show for you a ruckus maker that means you're somebody who is thinking out of the box and making positive change in education and we'll be right back after some quick messages from our show sponsors Take the next step in your professional development with Harvard's Certificate in School Management and Leadership. Learn from Harvard Business and Education school faculty while you collaborate with a global network of fellow school leaders. Programs run July 20th to August 17th, 2022. Apply by Friday, July 8th for our upcoming cohort at betterleadersbetterschools.com slash Harvard. During COVID, every teacher is a new teacher. That's why innovative school leaders are turning to TeachFX, whose virtual PD is equipping thousands of teachers with the skills they need to create engaging, equitable, and rigorous virtual or blended classes. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. That's teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. All students have an opportunity to succeed with Organized Binder, who equips educators with a resource to provide stable and consistent learning, whether that's in a distance, hybrid, or traditional educational setting. Learn more at organizedbinder.com. Well, hello, Ruckus Makers. Today is a very special day because you're getting a, a two-for-one sort of bonus show. I have two incredible Ruckus Makers to, to join me today, uh, Dr. G and Travis. And let me introduce them really quick. Resilience expert, Deborah Gilboa, MD, aka Dr. G, works with families, organizations, and businesses to identify the mindset strategies to turn stress to an advantage. Renowned for her contagious humor, Dr. G works with groups across multiple generations to rewire their attitudes and beliefs and create resilience through personal accountability and a completely different approach to adversity. Author of the new book, From Stress to Resilience, she is leading media personalities seen regularly on Today, Good Morning America, and The Doctors. Dr. G is board certified, uh, attending family physician, and is fluent in American sign Language. She resides in Pittsburgh with her four boys. Now, Travis Allison hates mushy fruit, but loves jam. It's not just fruit that Travis thinks about in great detail. His creative and conscientious persona has made him a keynote speaker at conferences across the US and Canada. Travis knows his mission to help organizations create spaces where children and young adults can be truly noticed and appreciated. Dr. G. Travis, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you.
2: Thank you so much, Danny. This,
0: uh, this is a pleasure. I'm, I'm a big fan of you both. You can see the big smile. Even my cheeks are red for some reason. And I know this is audio, <laughs> but believe me, ruckus maker, my cheeks are red. And uh, just thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to start off with you, Dr. G. Uh, you had a meeting with the head of school and you asked, what is the most surprising challenge you are facing right now? What did you find out?
1: What I found out is that the relationship between school administrators and parents has altered in the last couple of years. That the biggest concern that parents have had, I mean, I I think it's safe to say for decades, is, is school going to give my kids what they need to be successful in life? However parents look at that, you know, am I getting the very, very best of college prep or am I helping my kid? Are you helping my kid shore up their difficulties academically? And that focus has really tremendously shifted for parents. And what educators are hearing about most of the time is that academics have shifted to second, even for parents. They do want to know, of course, that schools are helping their kids be okay, but there's an urgency to their mental health that educators, I think, have been aware of for a really long time, but parents are now also really concerned about.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a big challenge, you know. So for the, for the ruckus maker listening, if, if they're experiencing that shift too, I'm sure they are, and they're seeing the needs, you know, for mental health and that kind of thing. Uh, and what's challenging for school leaders, they're, they're actually asked to be all things, all people, I think. You know, that's, that's an assertion I want to make. Uh, and that's also setting somebody up for failure, right? I did not go to principal school to learn how to be a mental health expert. And so if I was still leading a local school, I would feel very overwhelmed right, with that, that real reality that parents are, are feeling. What would you say you know, to the ruckus maker listening that is getting that feedback?
1: You don't have to do this alone. Mm. I would say there are you are an expert in youth development you are an expert in family engagement you're an expert in continuing education for educators and in school design there are experts on kids mental health both in communities and individuals and I, I know that those people are also pressed and stressed and sometimes hard to find but what I would say is to this particular concern of how do I help parents do better what they want to do better and I want to do better, which is address their kids' mental health issues without having to develop a new set of skills and also an extra three hours in every day is to find and vet resources, which I know takes time as well, but really find and vet resources so that then you can regularly be like, yes, this is real, what you're experiencing. I appreciate that you brought it to me. Every time someone brings you a frustration as an educator, if you can meet them with a little gratitude, some empathy and some curiosity. Right. So a little bit of gratitude. Thank you for engaging me in this conversation. We are thinking all the time about your kids, mental health and empathy. It is scary or it is hard or it is frustrating because it is and then some curiosity what what resources have you sought out and what do you need to be successful because often if you have a few vetted resources then and this might be the primary care physician in me talking you can refer you can say yep i can tell you if you'd like about what we're doing at school but oh here are some resources for you as a parent so that you can feel more competent at this
0: yeah that's good i appreciate that you know some i always tell uh Marcus makers, isolation is number one enemy of excellence, right? So you don't have to do it alone. And Dan Sullivan has this elegant idea. I think he's up in Toronto. So, hey, how about that? Travis? Uh, he says, um, find your who, don't worry about the how, right? And as leaders, we, we often go to the how, like, how are we going to fix this? But it's finding the right people that can support you. So, cool. I want to pass the mic over to Travis. Now, you come from the camp industry, which is super cool. And I think school should absolutely be fun. And when I think of camp, I think fun. I think engaging. I think about creating moments, right, that kids are going to remember for the rest of their lives. So how can schools more intentionally design those kind of experiences?
2: Well, I think that, as you say, there's a a real parallel between the two. I think that the relationship building is a part of it. I think the things that make... Uh, the the lessons that kids take away from camp a bit different than school. It, it is about curriculum. I think it's that that there is a chance to do things by hand that sometimes educators don't have. There's a chance to push stuff aside and just focus on the relationship or the moment. Um, as you said in the introduction, for me, just having a child feel noticed is the most powerful thing. And, and I often, and I've spent years talking to people about who is the person other than a parent who made you most feel noticed when you're a kid. It's usually an educator. It's often a camp person. If they've had that been lucky enough to have that, it's a coach, et cetera. But it is, you know, if I could say one thing to educators, it is as best you can find one quiet moment. It doesn't have to be 20 minutes. With each child to just look them in the eye, talk to them, use their name, ask them how they are, um, ask them a follow-up question. And I think that that is um, so powerful in a time, especially in a kid's educational life, where they are getting pulled in a lot of directions. There's a lot of sort of extreme scheduling going on. And I think there's a lot of residual mental health, as we talked about in the opening. If you can give kids a moment. That is the, the most powerful thing is like, make that child on that day feel like they have been seen. Listen to, yes, uh, understood, uh, we dream, um, but just make that kid feel like they've at least been seen. Like they're not just in a machine of moving them from place to place, get this into their brain, move them to the next thing to get another thing into their brain. It's just a, a moment.
0: I love that answer so much. You know, Seeing people, hearing people, what could be more important, right? It's all at the end of the day about relationships. And the thing is, it's like, okay, there's these pressures. And I know what teachers, and maybe school leaders will say, we have so much content to cover or whatever. Yeah, okay. But here's the thing. If you don't take that time to see and hear people, they don't care about your content, right? Like Teddy Roosevelt said, right? Uh, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's the point, right? Like yeah. to go fast, to go further, you have to actually slow down and create those moments uh, in those relationships. So I really appreciate that. Um, you don't know, I was going to ask this question, but you talked about like using your hands and that kind of stuff that you could do you know, mm. within camps. I was just in Southern California. It was awesome, awesome experience. Shout out to John and Joe. Those were the two leaders that I, I visited their school. They run East Charter in uh, Ventura, California. Uh, that's where my heart is, by the way. I love it out there. And, uh, anyways, the thing that I love so much about what they've created literally everything you see in the school, the kids have built. Yeah. Imagine that. Like, seriously. Besides the, the, the first, the building, the foundation, but everything that's been added on to it, windows, doors, I mean, like everything, the science tables, the kids built it. I couldn't believe it. They're, they're a technical school. They, they have a construction focus, you know, engineering and this kind of stuff. Mm. So it's amazing. So the question, after sharing that context, can you, can you bring us to just a super cool camp moment when the kids built something and you were just like, wow, look at what we just did.
2: Well, for sure. And, and I'm happy to, to bring it to camp. But it, what you're talking about reminds me of, which I'm sure many of your listeners know, that in Japan, schools don't have custodians yep. because the kids clean. Um, and they're not building, but they're just cleaning. And that care leads, you know, just has, gives them buy and make them feel like they, it's not just a place they use, it's a place that they're a part of. And that happens every day at camp there's a time to clean up, there's a time to participate in all those things. It's been interesting in the camp world, what parents are comfortable with kids doing in terms of cleanup has changed over time. I think hmm. we can all picture why that is. But still, even just the act of, of cleaning up an area that you've used, if you're doing a craft and, and the craft leader makes you stop and clean up and put things away, I mean, that gives them ownership over that space. But I think it also allows kids... My big philosophy, and I'll bring this up at the end, my philosophy is that we're always teaching them something, even if we're not Mm. being purposeful about it. So if we're having kids put things away in a room that's well-labeled and there's systems created, then we start to give kids the tool of systems. And, you know, how to make things go smoother and how to make it better for the next person to be created a way to make things go away properly, et cetera. And I, I think there's a lot of moments in that in camp that, that you know can be applied to a classroom for sure, can be applied to school administration.
1: Danny, if I may, the lens that I look at this through involving kids, whether it's in building or cleaning, not to teach them a skill and check it off, which is valuable, but to depend on them for their work is the difference between being wanted, which is great and needed. And there's a lot of neuroscience research that as soon as that we perceive that we are needed by a community, we are then much more connected to that community. And so Travis talked about the power of being seen. A great way to help kids feel seen is to say, we we need you. You know, most first graders know that as much fun as it is to be the chair pusher inner or the light turner offer, if they don't, the teacher will do it. When you systematize kids' contributions to the point where they recognize that it wouldn't be possible for somebody to pick up that slack if the kids didn't do their work, then they really are a part of something. And that teaches them amazing lessons and bolsters their mental health and helps them navigate change better than if we just want them and teach them things.
0: Wow. So ruckus make it, right. Like, listen, you hear from Travis, this, this, this idea of just pausing reflecting listen you're always teaching something right and do you know what you're teaching in that moment and then dr. G what you just shared you know in, in terms of communicating and that's a that's a question for the listener to reflect on how are you communicating to every kid every faculty member right you're needed here and and how do you fit into the larger puzzle these are these are so good <laughs> so good so thank you for joining me already okay but we're gonna keep going so correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you two have a private podcast for some camps, and you were, you were told that because of the private podcast that parents feel much more comfortable with this camp, right? So because of this podcast, this private podcast, parents feel much more comfortable with this camp. What do you think is going on there? That's an open question, so you two could wrestle for it.
1: <laughs> so it goes to this idea that when, when I talked about how a parent comes to you as an educator and says, I'm really worried about my child. What are you doing to fix their mental health? What are you, you, you doing? And yeah. your honest and most integrity-filled answer is, we're doing these things and here's what we're hoping you will do. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I think a lot of educators hesitate to ask more of parents right now is because parents are also really struggling. We are, and I I say we, because as you mentioned in my bio, I have four kids of my own. We are worried. We are stretched. We are feeling less competent in all of the things that we have to navigate for and with um, our kids. And so educators, I think, want to say, this is what I'm doing. What are you doing for your kids' mental health? But we don't, we want parents to hear our empathy. We don't want them to hear, what have you done for me lately? So, what camps the camps that we've been working with that travis and i have been working with they noticed especially in the summer that many of them could not run because of the pandemic that they got very creative camps are very creative about how to reach out to families and support them that summer and all year long and parents said oh thank goodness we needed that so much we needed you to connect with our kids but we also the resources you offered the expert webinar that i could go to the um emails that you sent. They really helped me. Then, thank goodness, camps were able to pick back up in person. And parents said, wait, 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 where are you going? I still need that support. And very much wanted to be where their families were looking for that support. But just like the educator we mentioned, who doesn't have time to become a mental health expert, they also felt like they didn't have the the time or the training answer all of these questions. And so because we know these folks, Travis and I came up with this crazy idea that we would bring them experts in all kinds of different questions that these parents were asking. We would vet experts and we would interview these camp directors because we said, you do actually have a lot to offer these parents. You just don't have time to do it with every single parent individually when they ask. So please give us one hour Let us interview you and we'll draw out that knowledge and then it'll be available to your parents when they need it. You and also these experts and what these camps have found is that parents feel so much more positive about their relationship with that camp. They feel like it truly is the family that the camp has always said it is. And even more important, feel much more able to talk to the camps when their kid is struggling and partner with the camps instead of just saying, Well, here he is, fix him.
0: What would you say uh, that you're learning? Maybe this one's a Travis, but what what do you learn about trust and relationships uh, via this uh, camp podcast that the ruckus maker listening could could take and implement to build more trusting relationships with the parents they serve?
2: I think one of the most important parts of this is that this is not a podcast that says, camp is awesome, you should send your kids. That is not the job of this. This is the job of this is for camps to say, look, we get that this is hard and we're going to do this thing that is not camp is Awesome. We're going to do this thing because it's based on what you need and we're there to provide something that you need. And so we deeply care about your kids. We deeply care about your family. And, you know, the camps are saying to their families, we have these resources that we can bring in experts. We can work together with these hosts to bring in people that... Really answer what you need. And I believe that camp is awesome, and I believe that every kid could find a camp that could suit them and that they could grow from. But I think it's more important that subtle piece of we understand that it's hard. And here's a small thing that we can do. This is what's within our power to do, thing that helps you.
0: Well, Dr. G Travis, I'm really loving our conversation. We're going to pause here for a short message from our sponsors. When we get back, I love, we, we've already started to dig into this, but I'd love to talk about uh, the problem you solve with your, your private camp podcast and how that supports parents, right? And how schools might be able to do this, too. Take the next step in your professional development with Harvard's online certificate in school management and leadership. Learn from Harvard faculty without leaving your home. Grow your network with fellow school leaders from around the world as you collaborate in case studies of leaders in education and business. Programs run July 20th to August 17th, 2022. Apply by Friday, July 8th for our upcoming cohort at BetterLeadersBetterSchools.com slash Harvard. Better Leaders, Better Schools is brought to you by school leaders like Principal Kateras using TeachFx. Special populations benefit the most from verbally engaging in class, but get far fewer opportunities to do so than their peers, especially in virtual classes. TeachFX measures verbal engagement automatically in virtual or in-person classes to help schools and teachers address these issues of equity during COVID. Learn more and get a special offer from Better Leaders, Better Schools listeners at teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. Learn more at organizedbinder.com. All right, and we're back with Dr. G and Travis Allison. And, and so we're talking private podcasts, we're talking camp, but really we're talking about relationships, we're talking about leadership, you know, we're talking about empathy. And these are all important things if you want to be really a high level ruckus maker for sure. So, what is a problem you solve with the approach that you take to um, supporting camps, but Schools could also use this model, too, through a a private podcast.
2: I think that, again, it comes back to we have taken the time to understand what's hard. We understand what's stressful for parents. And we are then solving that. And that is the same thing that a school could be doing. We're doing all we can day-to-day with the kids in front of you. Um, But we know it's hard to be be a parent lots of days. It's terrifying to be a parent and it's always overwhelming and you never know if you're doing it right. And if you have some people that can fit into your life in your earbuds when you're walking the dog or doing the dishes or after you've dropped off kids that has been provided by the school, then there is a greater understanding of how the school feels about families. So I think that, that the relationship between parents and schools has at sometimes being a bit adversarial the last couple of years, um, and certainly in bigger picture on on curriculum pieces, it, this is just a thing. Is like we get it; it's hard. Here's what here's what we can do. It's tuned to fit into your life. We're not asking you to take a video course for three hours and write a test. It was like here's twenty to twenty five minutes for when you leave school. You just need something to help you feel more confident. Like that confidence in parenting is hard to achieve. And it's a thing that a school can provide by providing something like this.
1: As a parent, I can't tell you how many times I've heard another parent say, I wish I just knew what her teacher knows. She does this for, in school, this thing, whatever the struggle is the parents having, isn't a problem. They know how to fix this. So one of the purposes, one of the problems we're trying to solve is to get some of that youth development expertise that educators have, especially administrators. Administrators have such a heart and a mind for this kind of work, but they don't have time, like I said, to answer every single question that a parent has when they have it. And so to get some of that knowledge into parents' hands preemptively so that they can solve those issues with that secret sauce that educators have is such a gift. The other thing that I've really noticed as we've gone on this journey is that, and tell me if you disagree, Danny. administrators always know what parents are most worried about at any given week because Mm -hmm. they hear about it. And they are, are one of the advantages of this format, Travis mentioned the advantage of you don't have to do a three hour video course and take a test. You don't have to own and read a book. Um, I'm all for books, but parents, especially millennial and Gen Z parents, are a little skeptical of books because they're not facile enough. They're not adaptable enough to what's happened since they were published. And so parents are looking for what's been written recently, what's happening now. We've been able to react to new parent concerns by dropping a new episode, dropping a new episode about how to talk about the war in Ukraine, dropping a new episode about talking to kids about race, dropping a new episode about um, teaching kids financial literacy. Some of those are evergreen issues and some of them are more timely and parents need both. Hmm.
0: It's interesting what you say about uh, millennial parents being skeptical of books, right? Because things change and it's been published. So it's not as adaptable as a a medium, I guess. But for me, you know, just this is just a personal thing. I'm looking these days at books that are actually incredibly old that have stood the test of time right and have not changed at all just because it's truth you know what i mean so like there's a there's a book on uh, telling better stories and marketing because there's a business component to what i do right so i'm interested in that and it was published in 1950 right and i'm reading it and it is so good <laughs> and it is so old right and it's not even that old there's there's books i, I was reading marcus Aurelius' Ural- uh meditations um uh, This morning. Oh, that's a little older, yeah. Yeah, a lot. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. But uh, yeah, I never heard that. So thank you, thank you for bringing that up. And so they're skeptical of books. Another, you know, another pain point that parents might have is just uh, the feeling of inadequacy, too, right? Like, how do you even do this thing called parenting? Well, you know, how how does a how does a podcast maybe help with those kind of questions too?
1: A big piece of it is normalization. Every. I'm a family doctor, so I talk to a lot of parents when I'm seeing their kids in the office. And whether it's, I can't get my kid to go to bed on time, or I don't know how much screens is reasonable in a post-pandemic world or a currently pandemic world, or I don't like how my child speaks to me, or I have questions about their relationships with their friends. Most parents believe this is somehow harder for them than it is for most people. And The podcast gives us the opportunity to normalize for parents what the three of us keep saying. This is hard for almost everyone a lot of the time. Also, this is joyful. So one of the things that we've talking about in every episode is where do you find the fun? Where can you add some lightness? What do we not have to worry about so much that we're worried about? Where
0: can you experience uh, rule number six from time to time and not take yourself so seriously? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, you both have a very interesting project that you're you're launching uh, with P- Private Podcast Pro. And you're looking for some s- super cool schools, you know, to, to work with. And I think uh, the ruckus maker listening could be an ideal leader to partner with for sure. And for you listening, you can go to privatepodcast.pro slash schools to learn more uh, and read about that. But right now, you know. Travis I'd love to invite you dr G to to explain a little bit of the vision of this project
2: in the same way that we have taken this to a select group of camps to get to their families we're looking for the, the same kind of educators, the same kind of schools that are uh, are interested in providing this service to their families who say, you know, we know that this, our relationship is more than just helping your kids get good grades or helping your kids get into college. We know that it's, that there are struggles for parents and that there are resources there. So we're looking for those, those kind of thoughtful, intentional educators who want to prove themselves to their families over and over again. Like we get you, we know what you're going through and here are some good resources for you. Prove
0: yourselves to the parents over and over again. Like what, what, if you're going to be on the hook for something, how about showing up consistently saying I'm here of service and you could test me on that. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm hearing. That's super cool. Yeah. Let me ask both of you this. I'll go to Dr. G first, but just tell me like, what are you What are you most excited about when it comes to this uh, project and partnering with schools?
1: I'm most excited to help schools prove their mission. Mm-hmm. I've I've been lucky enough to consult with a bunch of schools and the mission is always truly inspiring. And it's read by the school board and it's read by the administrators and often by the educators and even occasionally by the parents. But this is such an opportunity to prove that you mean what you say in there regarding families and regarding whole care for kids. And, and this is the thing, my mom, of blessed memory, was an educator for 27 years. And the thing that I love most about this is, this takes some of the pressure off of educators to be parent educators all the time. This gives them a really empathetic place to send parents to be like, oh, that's a great question. I'm really glad you brought that to me. I hear how hard that is. And I'm curious, would you be interested in a resource that we curated just for our families to answer that?
2: Great. Travis, what are you most excited about? my day-to-day work is in marketing and communications. And one of the things that always astounds me is when talking to new schools, new camps that that work with us, I'll ask them where they get new clients or new families from. And often they'll say, you know, 85% of our new students come from Word of Math. And then I say, and what do you do to cultivate that? And they say, Nothing. Like, this isn't there. This to me is the perfect loyalty tool. Like, you're a part of our family because your family comes here. And so, here's the thing we do to support you because we know and we care about you. Uh, It is, I mean, we certainly have camps who use this as a marketing tool. Like, you know, we appreciate you checking us out. You know, when you're part of our family, this is something that you get. And so, we invite you to join in and, and listen to this podcast. Private podcast, by the way, is an important part of it. You cannot find these podcasts by searching on your podcast app. You have to be invited, in this case, by the schools. And so it is something that a school can use to differentiate themselves. But really, it is just that loyalty thing. We're grateful for you being a part of our family. Um, And we're going to continue to provide resources. We tend to think about all these things that we provide to families before they join us. And then the thing we give them afterwards is the education. But we can continue to provide more than just um, the pedagogy. When you're part of our family, we can give you more than that.
0: Right. Yeah, and that marketing piece is actually very important. You know, I think uh, charters definitely get it, independent schools, faith-based schools, that kind of thing. But savvy public school leaders, you know, ruckus makers that listen to this show, they get it too because you're competing with those other places, right? And you lose students if, if you're not the... Best option, you can't just rely on, okay, we're the neighborhood school. People have to send us yep. here. No, not, not, not so much. And in the U.S., with school choice and all this, you know, uh, seeming to get more amplified, like this is a really important piece that folks will have to dial in. So if you are excited, as excited as I am about this project that Dr. G and Travis are launching, again, go to privatepodcast.pro schools. You could read up all about it, and they have on the uh, landing page I'm looking at Uh, you can book a free 15-minute information session, and that is a a wonderful and generous gift. All right, Dr. G, you first, Travis, second. What message would you put on all school marquees across the globe for a single day if you could do so?
1: Try to tie your frustration to curiosity. Mm. When something frustrates us, that makes total sense to me. But often it's because there's something we don't know about what's going on. So whether it's a kid's behavior that surprises you in a good or bad way or an interaction that didn't go the way you wanted it to, when you feel frustration, if we could remember to have that be the tripwire to being curious, what don't I understand about what's happening here? It would not only reduce conflict, it would build our own confidence as we see that most of the frustrations that we encounter aren't about us.
0: Should I have a soldier put on the marquee?
2: For me, it would be leaders know and understand the phrase, I am always teaching, that they're not just teaching when they're upfront on, that they're teaching in all the little moments and the off moments as well, that they're always being watched and observed and that it's easy to destroy teaching by, you know, doing one thing thing and saying one thing and turning around and doing the opposite when you think you're off. But, but good leaders know that they're always teaching and, um, and respect that.
0: All right, we're going to say with you, Travis, you'll have the first crack at this one. Dr. G, you'll close us out. This is my favorite question. You're building a school from the ground up. You're not limited by any resources. Your only limitation is your imagination. So if you were building your dream school, Travis, what would be the number one foundational principle that your school
2: is built on? It would be consume less, create more.
1: Mm, Dr. G, how about you? Okay. Now I want Travis's, but <laughs> uh, you're building it build together.
0: So you'll get, you'll get
1: <laughs> <over>. fantastic. <laughs> it would be, it would be to keep practicing navigating change.
2: Mm, totally. So good.
0: Well, thank you both for uh, joining me on the show. And one last time, Ruckus Maker, go over to privatepodcast.pro schools. Check out what they're all about. and Go make a Ruckus.